It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the, to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, yes! Caught! Touchdown! We did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here with you on a Wednesday. It's a We Member Wednesday. <laughs> uh, that that might be part of the show. Let's see what you do, We Member, <laughs> from yesterday's show um, for a chance to win something for this weekend. So, hmm, little tease there. We'll be giving away some tickets to see Utah State take on Air Force on Saturday. Uh, so stay tuned for that, how we do that. On We used to do this a while ago. We're going to bring it back, the Would You Rather Wednesday. And I've got a couple of Would You Rather questions. Jason has some. I have one. I guess I can come up with another one. <laughs> well, we'll, they're, not, we'll, they're not too hard to come up with. No, they're not. And we'll pose them to you, our audience, and uh, have you – Play along and feel free to submit your own ideas to us as well on a would you rather Wednesday because there's a couple of interesting would you rather situations uh, right now. And so we'll, we'll talk about that. Utah Jazz played their second preseason game last night in Portland today on the, uh, the Trail Blazers. Very different outcome this time compared to their first preseason game. Can we take much from that game? Or is it just, it's preseason, so can't really take a whole lot from it. So we'll debate that. Uh, we have some comments from Troy Calhoun. And one of his, uh, a slight comment from one of his players who had their press conference yesterday. And nothing, like, totally outrageous today from Calhoun. There was something that was a little odd. I understand what he's trying to say, but again, it's how he strings things together which made me think of a few other times where he has strangely tried to string things together and uh, got some examples of that today. Well, it's like I remember I, I brought up yesterday this this coach of – and I looked up the specifics. I didn't know these specifics then or couldn't remember them, but Bob Green of Montana Tech from a while back had the funniest way of saying some things. Just <laughs> <laughs> like the one he said was – it's like watching your mother-in-law go over a cliff in a Cadillac. You got mixed feelings. Yeah, mixed feelings. <laughs> it's like it's hilarious <laughs> the things he comes up with. Uh, yeah. So not quite as crazy, but almost kind of a similar uh, symptom there, where it's just like they're making a point, and you get what they're saying, but they're going about it in the weirdest way possible, using the weirdest analogies. It's like if Colin Cowherd was on speed. <laughs> That's a, an interesting thought. Speaking of weird analogies. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine that in my mind. Well, like I mean, he already goes pretty fast. Uh, he, well, the thing is, he, uh, I mean, you know, he comes up with all his analogies. And just basically imagine those. But if, you know, he was on 
heavy drugs. <laughs> it was on heavy drugs. Uh, uh, as always, if you want to chime in, maybe you've got an ism that you'd like to share that you've heard well, from a coach or a player uh, that uh, it's worth passing along. 435-339-0321 here on the Full Court Press. Uh, and then also, you know, we were talking about the Jazz. But there was this recent you know, GM survey which comes out, and they, they do this every year. Uh, general managers throughout the NBA are submitted a series of questions. They answer them anonymously, and then they compile them. And it's it's kind of interesting to see what, what they have to say when they're looking at the season upcoming. And uh, always certainly we pay attention if they say anything about the Utah Jazz. And I think there's definitely things to look at with what they've done this offseason. So we'll get to that as well, what the GMs are saying about some of the offseason moves of the Utah Jazz. Uh, but the, this text came through after we went off the air. And I'm uh, not sure how to answer it because it deals with the University of Utah. This is 5451. Why doesn't Utah put Barnes in the first quarter of the UCLA game? I uh, can't answer that. I don't follow the Utes. Um, did they play UCLA just recently? I thought they played Oregon State. No, I don't think they've so played I don't, UCLA. I don't know where that text came from, 5451. Why doesn't Utah put Barnes in in the first quarter of the UCLA game? I don't know. Harrison Barnes is a pretty good play. Oh, wait, wrong sport. Sorry. <laughs> God. Uh yeah, don't know. Sorry. Uh, but if you want to text in, we'd love to hear from you. But let's – look the, the the comments from Calhoun are legendary. Like, we played the, the vampire one a lot yesterday. Uh, there are a couple others that we want to get to today. And a and shout-out to, to you, our audience, for pointing out that I needed to go back and listen to Troy Calhoun's interview on This Week in the Mountain West from a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he was, uh, which airs on this station on Friday afternoons. And he was asked about uh, a game in which they played Colorado. And it was a rainy game. And uh, he talked about preparing for you know, that those wet conditions. Well, I don't know if there really is a way you can do that, living in Colorado, just because there aren't that many days where uh, you get drops that fall out of the sky. Uh, we do try to soak footballs, uh, try to find the oldest, most bloated, fattest, baldest balls we can and um, uh, make them slick. And, uh, and yet even then we still have some work to do. Just cut that, isolate that part where he's saying <laughs> most bloated, uh, try to find the oldest, most bloated, <laughs> fattest, baldest balls we can baldest and um, balls. Uh, make them slick. I mean, I understand what he's saying initially, but when you take that one little piece out of context, oh, it's like, what kind of balls? Wait, what? Uh, try to find the oldest, most bloated, fattest, baldest balls we can and... <laughs> Oh, uh, Coach Calhoun out of context. The, the, the gift that keeps on giving. Joy Calhoun. Okay, so that was, once again, thank you for pointing that out, that I could go back and listen to it. It was not what I was expecting. 
Uh, weird stuff. So it, it also made me remember that he said a couple of things last year that were weird. And one of them, and I, I can't even remember the context of it, but again, he, he loves to mix his metaphors and has a stream of consciousness that doesn't always connect. I don't want to say it's a bygone. The river's, the bridge was way back there, and the river, the, the flow and the current, it's at a different place right now. I, d- I, don't, e- I don't even know what, what does that even mean? <laughs> what, it means? What is he trying to say? It means the bygones have been thrown out with the, the, with the bathwater <laughs> and have gone under the bridge and are gone. I don't know. <laughs> and the baby's playing a flute. I don't know what. <laughs> Something. <laughs> I don't, what is he? I don't want to say it's a bygone. The river's, the bridge was way back there and the river, the, the flow and the current, it's at a different place right now. <laughs> was he talking about like some old grudge and they're saying bygones are bygones and. I don't. Water under the bridge. mixing it with water under the bridge. Like that's I, the two metaphors he's mixing, but he's like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Okay, so one last one. This is from last year that he had to say about Utah State and um, just that Utah State has a lot of old guys. There's probably a school in Provo, but nobody else in college football takes advantage of the seven-year rule more than they do there in, in Provo. Uh, so you're playing with guys that you know are really, really old guys. Of course, first, I love that he never mentions the school in Provo by name. <laughs> I have to give him props for that. It's a, it's a classy move there. But it's a, it's a long, tired, worn-out excuse like, that we've heard a million times. Like, what's the advantage that they're getting there? It's not like they have six years of playing experience. Right, being on campus, in the weight room with great nutrition. I mean... Two of those years, they're out in who knows where. Yeah. Either gaining more weight than they should or losing more weight than they should. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this isn't like, you know, having a team of six-year veterans who spend every single year playing every single year, weightlifting every single year, watching film every single year, developing every single year. It's like some of these guys, you know, they go off for two years, do who knows what, who knows where. And they come back, and they might sit out another year. It usually takes them almost pretty much a full year to get their bodies back to where they were before they left. Yeah, so it's like... The, yeah, there's a maturity thing, yes. An emotional aspect, yes. But physically, there's not an advantage. Yeah. And what's mattering most is the talent you put on the field. If Calhoun's going to whine, it's the fact that he has a major disadvantage in talent, which, sure enough. But guess who chose to go to Air Force and chooses to stay there? So his complaints can go be down the river from a bridge as a bygone. <laughs> a couple texts came through. Uh, 2305. After watching the Jazz play Portland last night, I actually enjoyed seeing the bench and how deep they appeared to be. Whether they can be consistent with that or not, I don't know. But I was thoroughly entertained, more so than watching Mitchell and Gobert. Also, FYI, UCLA is playing the Utes this weekend. Yeah. Okay. So I think 5451 had a couple more texts. There's the one where he said about Barnes. He has two more that came in earlier before the show. Oh, I missed those. He was asking about how much the Aaron Judge home run ball is worth. And right now, the only public offer on the table is $2 million. 
which is nice. Mm. We, we might get back to that topic later on in the show. Ah. Um, and then uh, five four five when he asked who's going to win the UCLA versus Utah game. So I would go with the Utes. Maybe I don't know. No. UCLA I don't know is undefeated, is. aren't they? Um, they're playing well. Nobody's showing up to their games. <laughs> More people are showing up to Utah State games than UCLA games. Wow. That's I mean, scary. I don't know if that's true numbers-wise, but seeing screenshots of the Rose Bowl, I'd say there's more people at uh, around Merlin Olsen Field than at the Rose Bowl. Uh, yeah, UCLA is 5-0. and Utes are 4-1. and Utah is favored by 3.5. Undefeated UCLA? An underdog to the one-lost Utes? That's a travesty. <laughs> Absolute travesty. Um, I... <laughs> To the point earlier about the the Jazz, um, I enjoyed watching that game last night as well. Now, it's preseason. Portland's throwing a lot of guys out there. When when Portland had their starters going, uh, Utah was having trouble with some. They weren't getting blown out, but they were having trouble. And in a regular season game, you know, I think the, the overall outcome is different, but. There were some things that I really liked about watching Utah last night. We'll get to more of that and what Coach Hardy had to say uh, a little bit later on. But 1181 texting in, Would you rather Wednesday, would you rather have sound bites from Coach Calhoun or sexy Reggie Theus? <laughs> or what? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Sexy Reggie was pretty good. but um, I don't even know who y'all are talking about. Reggie Theus, New Mexico State. This is going back a ways. Oh, the old... Rivalry and basketball and whatnot. Never let them up. You got to step on their neck. Um, he, sexy Reggie had, he had one or two bites, but Calhoun is just a gift that keeps on giving. Like every year, there's just something bonkers that he says, and he means it like sincerely in his coach howdy doody way. Like Mike Leach, he knows he's out there and he's being goofy. This guy that we talked about, Bob Green, up at Montana Tech, like he knows he's goofy and he's being out there. Calhoun is just, it's just weird. <laughs> he's that old grandpa who just mixes his metaphors and he says weird things. <laughs> just, where it's just like you're not sure. If, it's like you're not sure if he's sober. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this this is what he said yesterday, and it's not as off the wall as rivers and bygones or vampires and verve um but he, he was talking about his linebacker bo richter who is being moved around and playing multiple positions for that air force defense and he's a solid impact player doing different things at different positions but you know this is what he had to say about his uh, his versatile linebacker we got him stretched a little bit you know he's behind the plate He's playing shortstop. He's a relief pitcher. He's uh, he's down on the low block, working on Kareem's sky hook, and yet still shooting threes out there. So I guess he can play multiple sports, do lots of stuff, like three sports at the same time, basically. I, don't know, I get what he's trying to say. It's just you know that's Troy Calhoun. He's a weird guy. I don't know. I, I apparently, I need to go watch film on Bo Richter because the way they were talking him up when I was watching the the press conference and and uh, 
in the way they were talking about him, I thought for some reason he was like this amazing defender who's like leading their defense and doing everything and tons of tackles and sacks and tackles for loss. And uh, he has 14 tackles on the season. So like, I'm not sure like he's eighth on the team in tackles. Granted, he's like second in tackles for loss. So, I mean, I don't know. It's like they were they were talking him up like he was this god of defenses. And so statistically, I have no clue what they're talking about. Apparently, I need to go watch some film because I feel like that's the only way I'm going to get any idea about Bo Richter. Well, uh, apparently he was a linebacker, inside linebacker, then moved to the edge, and he's played up. Sometimes more like an edge rusher. Um, he can drop back in coverages. So... You know, it, it just very well could be he's one of those guys that he's he's everywhere. He may not be the one who gets all the tackles, but he's always there, part of the action. I, I, I'm with you. I got to go watch more tape on this guy because you, you think that he was a one man defense. Yeah, but he's not. Like I said, 14 tackles, eighth. You know, if you're always the guy who's running up to the tackle that's already happened, like, are you a good defender? You're always trailing. <laughs> it's like, okay, at some point you got to actually make the tackle, right? And tackles aren't the greatest, you know, indicator of just how good of a defender you are. Usually you have to watch the tape to know a good defender because stats just don't work nearly as well for defenders. Um, the only one you can sort of reliably do is sacks with edge rushers. That's about the only stat where it's mostly indicative. And even then it can be tricky. So, uh, we'll hear more from Coach Troy Calhoun. We'll hear from a little. Bit, well, we'll hear from Bo Richter, this linebacker in question, as he talks about Utah State because there are some interesting things they did have to say about USU having a change in quarterback. How that may change the dynamic of how they defend the Aggies. How do they prepare for a team that allegedly is a fast-paced football team, and uh, get their comments on that. Uh, and it would 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 you rather Wednesday? Um, it, certain mine would you rather is centered around home run number sixty two with Aaron Judge, and we'll talk about that. Have if you've got a would you rather that we should consider? Uh, we'll react to the Utah Jazz preseason game last night up in Portland, and we're going to give away some tickets to go see the Utah State Aggie football team on homecoming take on Air Force. 5 o'clock on Merlin Olsen Field. Stay tuned for that. That's coming up a little bit later on here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? A new leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take online interactive classes. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 15th to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. This October is our 14th year anniversary. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary date. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring or anniversary ring shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have thousands of designs to choose from, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached and no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Bloom Eatery. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Bloom is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. 
We are Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S. Our home is your home. We are more than an organization of healthcare professionals. We are proud members of our community. Compassionate, quality, patient care is our mission. I am Jason Jones. I'm a proud member of the Aegis team. At Aegis, we're dedicated to character, experience, and trust. Aegis Home Care and Hospice. We will ensure you experience the difference. 435-723-9000 or find us at myagis.com. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Try to find the oldest, most bloated, fattest, baldest balls we can and um, uh, make them slick. <laughs> creepy, creepy <laughs> Calhoun. I mean, it's vampires first and now just imagine now somebody, this. Just imagine somebody tuned in their radio like during the commercial break and they came into that. It's like what? What is going on? Excuse me, what are we talking about? On my, what happened to my sports radio? <laughs> Old fat baldy balls. Oh my word! Ah, uh, he says the weirdest stuff. Two three zero five on our full court press text line. Uh, do you guys know how Air Force recruits? Do you have any idea what the criteria is for them filling a roster each year? I'd be interested in knowing your thoughts. Uh. Do I know how they recruit? Probably fairly similar to everyone else. They just have to tell them that you have to join the Air Force. Yeah. I guess, right? Well, it's a great institution for uh, higher learning. I mean, it's high academic standards. Uh, they they recruited Cooper Legault. I mean, he talked about that in his presser yesterday. Yeah. They, they were, as a program, very impressed with Coop, uh, were interested in him, recruiting him. But you're right. It's... Come play for us. Uh, we're going to get you on a uh, uh, access to a great academic institution. You can play sports, whatever. Oh, but by the way, you know you also have to serve in the military. Yeah. Which it, for some that's great, right? I mean, I'm not putting that down, but it's just that's a, usually a bigger commitment than most other universities you have to consider. But they try to recruit athletes just like anybody else. They try to get Kent Myers here. I mean, there's been a lot of players that have crossed over that Utah State's been going after that uh, Air Force has also gone after. Some of them have chosen Utah State. Some of them have not. Yeah, it's true. obviously it can be harder to get the players who are maybe a little more focused on their athletic career to go to Air Force because if you go to Air Force, you're not focusing on your athletic career. It's it's a side thing. Yes. And you know, Utah State, They'll get a decent amount of those players, too, where they're guys that know they're not really going to go to the NFL. But there are guys who come here and 
they're very much thinking about the NFL and they're dead serious about it. I've heard rumors of guys who come in, didn't go to school the entire semester, and then left because they didn't care about school one bit. And they're focused on the NFL. And, you know, to each his own. Plan your life the way you're going to plan your life. But that affects your decision. It right. means you're more likely to come to a place like a Utah State or any other, you know, regular D1 school versus maybe going to Air Force where you're playing sports because you like playing sports, but you're going to do other things with your it's life. It's a secondary issue. Yeah. Sports is the is the way to get on that campus um, and to do other things, whereas you're on the campus here because of sports Yeah, for a lot of these guys. Now, with that, one of the disadvantages that Coach Calhoun likes to whine about is transfers. Besides recruiting like players out of high school, like very rarely, and I don't know that I've ever heard of anybody transferring to Air Force. I've heard know. of players transfer out of Air Force. Like, how does that work? Do you like just say, "Yeah, I quit the military"? Like, and I guess you can quit the military. They don't force you to stay, but. I don't know what all obligations like you have to have. It's it's rare, but I have heard of it. Players leaving Air Force and transferring to other programs because of athletic reasons. But uh, certainly nobody really transfers to Air Force. And that's another one of those things that Troy Calhoun loves to whine about. He didn't necessarily whine about it yesterday, but he did bring up the fact that Utah State definitely takes advantage of transfer opportunities and he used it in context of talking about Calvin Tyler Jr. initially, but also highlighted other athletes that USU has that uh, have come into the program and, and have helped the Yankees out. Well, they, they do many, many things incredibly well. There's a reason why they won the – they were the best team in our league last year. And really, clearly, hands down, were the best team in our league last year. Um, I think especially the way they played in the second half of the season. You know, you go and look uh, – about their last seven games, there are five of them where they absolute you know, j- j- just overwhelm the opponent, including in the Mountain West Conference Championship game and in their bowl game too. And uh, it's because of how effectively they spread you out to create a little bit of room, but they also want to push the ball forward. You know, they, they want to pound the ball forward, you know, in their run game, and he's an excellent back. And what they've been able to do – um, there are a good number in our te- number of teams in our league that have done it really, really well, being able to bring additional players in, and they have them at a bunch of spots, you know. And when you go through, I mean, these are these are big-time players, you know. And you look at it, it's Miami, Miami, Texas, Michigan, Washington. And this is a talented, talented player that's got a lot of help around him too. So, you know, that's Coach Calhoun praising Calvin Tyler Jr. and that Utah State has benefited from receiving players from other notable programs from around the country. You can almost see it in his face, face and hear it in his voice. And obviously you can't see his face listening, but when I was watching, I could see his face, hear his voice, and you can almost hear the, the bitterness <laughs> behind that. Like, they're so good at getting transfer players, and we can't. <laughs> From Washington and Michigan yeah. and Texas and Miami. It's like, we got to get people out of the backwoods of Colorado to come here to the Air Force. Uh, the, I'm sure they get players all across the country. They do. Uh, they really do. Because it is a unique situation that they have. Um, but look, they, 
there is respect there. Utah State beat Air Force a year ago. They won the conference, and so deservedly so. Coach Calhoun is giving the Aggies uh, the respect that they they should deserve in, in their situation here. Uh, but one of the things that we've talked about is that um, that change of quarterback it changes the dynamic for USU, and. Calhoun recognizes that as well. His team is trying to prepare for a quarterback who is more mobile. But that being said, you know, Peasley came in, but this was second half. But using his mobility, he helped the Aggies in their defeat of Air Force a year ago. So they're going to see a full game of somebody like that on Saturday. He moves really, really well. Um, obviously, Bonner is a heck of a player. Uh, you look at the season that he had last year and just overall how good they were last year, and he was the driver. And now to bring a guy in also that, <clears throat> that moves really well. We liked the kid a lot when we looked at him in high school. Yeah, so that's uh, Coach uh, Troy Calhoun talking about Cooper Lagarde and the dynamic of having uh, a more mobile quarterback to try to defend and contend with. In fact, Bo Richter, their linebacker, also talked about that that change and how that might change how they – do things on defense to prepare for USU? Um, I mean, I feel like it might change our play calling up a little bit, but I, I think generally, I mean, we're always prepared for a QB who can scramble. Our, our, our defensive line, I think, does a really good job of, of getting pressure, but also, you know, the, the ability to have some guys come out of coverage and, and, and stop him scrambling. So I, I think preparation-wise, it doesn't change a ton. I think we're always pretty prepared for that because anything can happen during the game. It's all about being able to extend drives for USU, giving the defense a rest and keeping the ball away from Air Force because you know when they get the ball, they're going to go up and down the field and take eight minutes off the clock uh, and so or more. <laughs> I've seen them take more than that. So it's uh, you know that that's something that Utah State has to be effective at, but you know Air Force is going to be more prepared for it than what BYU was in their first half where it caught them a little by surprise. Yeah, and it's when you whenever you play Air Force, the you know the battle for you know possession, time of possession, and ball control is it becomes you know an even bigger deal. It usually always is kind of a big deal, but against Air Force, it's a huge factor. Um, there's times where you can win when having a surprisingly small amount of the ball, you know, in the game. You know, BYU. Well, that's true. In yeah. 2018, with Jordan Love, you, you look at the, the time of possession for Utah State versus their opponents. The opponents always had way more time of possession. But when you look at the score, Aggies were, like, beating them by double digits. Because yeah. they would score so fast. They had so many scores in, like, a minute or less. And Matt Wells like, I don't care. Somebody asked him about time of possession, if he's concerned about that. He's like, I don't care how long it takes us to score. As long as we score, yeah. And if we're scoring more points than the other guys, okay. Because you know, there's a question: How does that affect your defense, who has to get called on to do more because your offense scores so quickly? And it was like, eh, we're still beating these guys, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And if the defense is getting the job done, then that's fine. And so you know, 2018, like I said, you can you can get away with it at times. 2018 being a good Utah State example, and even in single games, you can have games where you have like a third of the possession, and you win because you scored quickly or you had some defensive touchdowns or special teams touchdowns. And it's a thing you can just kind of cheese through in a lot of occasions, like having a game where you throw five interceptions but somehow win. 
you know, there's exceptions. Um, and there's probably exceptions for Air Force, but it's like it becomes a huge deal because Air Force will use that clock to their advantage. They'll have long drives, score, and if you don't score, then suddenly you're down 14-0 when it's already halftime. <laughs> You've only had the ball like three times. So you, you just got to watch out for it because if, if you don't have the ball, you don't score. And Air Force keeps the ball away from you. And quick pace offense works as long as it's continuing to move the ball down the field. But if you're quick pace and you go three and out, your defense will hate you. Yeah. Hate you. Yeah. It's and, like, I, I remember, you know, back in high school and some college students have this happen to them. It kind of happened to Utah State under Matt Wells sometimes. But, you know, in high school, the big focus was, you know, the the Oregon you know, Chip Kelly, Oregon Ducks were getting really popular at that time. They're super fast offense. It's becoming the thing. The no huddle and the Patriots were starting to do it in the NFL. And so we were getting into it. We are going to do this, you know, high-paced offense, even though we were more of a running high school at that time. And what usually happened is we scripted three plays that we were going to run in about 40 seconds, and we'd run those three plays, go three and out, throw the defense out there. And there's, you know, 11-12 on the clock in the first quarter. And it's like, yeah, that did absolutely nothing. Because pace doesn't matter if you run three plays. Pace matters when you're running six, seven play drives and you start messing with the defense and their substitution patterns and and things like that. That's where the pace comes into play. And you know the only Utah State teams to really successfully pull off pace are the 2018 and 2021 editions. And a lot of other Utah State teams have tried pace and been unsuccessful at it. Yeah. Troy Calhoun is trying to prepare his team for, air quotes, pace <laughs> on Saturday. And this is how he says he's trying to accomplish that. Uh, no, that's a good question because it's true. Just trying to have two huddles that are part of your scout offense. So as soon as one play concludes, immediately that next one's on the ball. And, um, and then um, – if we feel like, hey, is it taking a little bit of time to identify formations, then there are times maybe where you have the defense literally turn around, you blow the whistle, you thousand one thousand two, and then the offense calls the cadence, just trying to find their guys and hustle to it. And um, now, does that do it exactly? Does it replicate it? No, but you got to try. And that was. You know, something that Blake Anderson talked about, too, earlier this week, about trying to be better with having the next play ready and keep things moving because there's run up to the line and then check down and look at the sideline. That's not pace. Yeah. Getting the right play in, yes, that matters. That matters more than anything. But keeping your the defense guessing and on their heels, you know, that's – that's really important against a team like Air Force as long as you can keep the chains moving and keep the drive alive. You know, whatever keeps the chains moving, you know, I'm generally going to be happy with. I mean, I had to watch the Patriots beat the Bills last year, and they, ran, they threw the ball like three times. But it worked. So <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. You may not have liked it, but it worked. Um, and, you know, with the pace and with the standing at the line, it's, it's them trying to call plays based off what they see from the defense. Which, you know, there's obvious advantages to that, but you don't want to do it too much. You want to dictate to the defense. Force them to adjust to you. And right now, 
that's probably one of the biggest weaknesses of this offense is they can't dictate to defenses, we're going to do this, you will not stop us. You know, they're having to find whatever they can find, but they can't run against drop eight coverage. You know, and they obviously can't pass against drop eight coverage because basically nobody can pass against drop eight, at least consistently enough. So Utah State is having a really hard time dictating things. And, and last week against BYU, when they were running the ball and they were doing it effectively, you know, they were forcing BYU to adjust. They they made BYU adjust to what they were doing, and it was a good thing. But then when BYU adjusted, Utah State just slowed everything down and they couldn't figure things out again. They couldn't gain that you know, step advantage over the defense like they had in the first half. One other um, one thing that's kind of related to this, then we'll move off of, of this topic, but one, or, one other aspect that's kind of related is if you can play with pace, that means you're going to have a lot of plays, additional snaps. And that can wear on a defense, again, in theory. Because that's what happened a year ago. But it was a up-and-down game. There's a lot of points scored last year. But <coughs> excuse me. But that can be have the potential of being problematic for Air Force. Now, uh, Air Force has had a number of injuries. And so they are thin at a couple of positions where they've had to rotate different guys in and may not have that full experience. And if you are running with pace, sometimes you make it difficult to make those substitutions. But that is something that could be an issue if Utah State can get that going where it forces Air Force and their defense to play more snaps on the field than they're used to. You know, you think last year, I think we played uh, we, we played almost, I think it was ne- nearly uh, 94 snaps. It was give or take about two, depending on what you go by, the film or, you know, the official stats that are no plays. And, um, you know, and so your conditioning comes into play. Um, the rapid fire of snaps, having substitutions ready. Um, yeah, that, that is a part of it. But again, it's all contingent on whether Utah State this year can operate in that way because we really haven't seen them do that for a full game. We started to see them do that for a half last Thursday. It's the best half of football we've seen all year out of Utah State. If they can do that for a full game, you know, we'll see a very different situation than what we, we might think where they're going to give themselves more of a chance in this game than we might have thought otherwise. Yeah, we, if they play like they did in the first half against BYU, we're looking at a six- or seven-win team. Um, maybe even a team that dang near wins out. Uh, it, you know, if they're playing at their peak all the time, but unfortunately teams don't play at their peak all the time. So, But you can hope. That's the best you can do. <laughs> we can hope that they're going to play close to their peak for most of these games and get to at least six wins. You know, that's that's the new goal. Get to a bowl game. Yeah. Do whatever it takes. It's possible. It's still possible. Yeah. Have that confidence that you can get there. Uh, 2305 with another text coming in. The other day, you two were talking about Utah State and their tight ends. Can you explain how somebody who gets recruited on a D1 scholarship as a tight end can't catch a football? I do not understand that. Well, I mean, we see it all the time where somebody gets recruited to this level and then based on a variety of different factors, they don't 
end up working out. You, you can look up and down the roster and see guys who just get limited playing time or never see the field and question, well, how did that player get recruited? How did that player even earn a scholarship? Well, at, at the time when they were in high school, they looked like they could be a good prospect. But when you get into the different rigors of this level of competition where you may have been the great player at high school, but when you come up to this level, it's a very different ball game, and you may not be even close to the best player at your position, let alone on your team. I'd say there's a theory, and then maybe I'll try and give a thought if I can remember after going on another small grant. But um, there's only so many human beings in this world who are six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds, and can play like a wide receiver. You look at the NFL, there's like five of them. And you expect them to have a bunch of them laying around at the college level. Obviously not going to be as talented as the NFL guys, but like sort of as talented. You know, relatively talented, you know, the kind of relative talent, but in college. You know, able to catch passes and block and do all these things. And at Utah State, you're just not going to find the guys who can block and run routes really well. Dang near impossible. It's hard enough to find those guys to begin with. But at Utah State, really hard. You try and develop. And honestly, when you talk about pass-catching tight ends, like look at the guys that Utah State's recruiting as tight ends coming out of high school. There's some of these guys have like single-digit catches in their years or maybe just, you know, 10 to 15. These guys aren't coming in having caught like 40 passes for 1,500 yards in high school. They're not huge receiving targets in high school. Are they suddenly going to become that in college? Maybe because sometimes in college or in high school, the coach just doesn't know how to use a tight end. That right. That's a possibility. Or maybe they were a defensive end and they got converted to tight end. And then there's a learning curve. Right. And we've seen that here too. Yeah. And the other thing is there's catching a ball. But that's not really the issue with basically any receiver or tight end. You put any player out there on the field, throw a ball as hard as you can at him, he'll probably catch it. You know, even the kicker, maybe. That might be an extreme. But, you know, put some of those gloves on that they're all wearing and they're going to they're gonna catch passes. It's running the routes and catching the ball while running the routes and catching the ball while running the routes while there's a defensive... Ta- while you know, there's defensive, pressure on you. When there's somebody, yeah. Uh, you know, draped all over you. There's a lot of different things that, and you know, in addition to having that skill, you have to be six foot four. You know, maybe six three. There's a bit of a lower threshold for height. Um, you know, you know, six three to six five, two hundred and forty pounds, and be able to block. That's just not a package you find in many players at Utah State. And so, when people are carrying on about not using the tight ends. To a degree, I understand, and to a degree, I have some frustrations with how they're using the tight ends. I don't mind them so much being used as lead blockers uh, a ton, but I do have an issue of them using them so much as pass protectors and just not going out for passes. I do wonder about that. You know, I haven't gone and charted the BYU game um, yet, but I, I, I did that for the UNLV game, and there were like six pass routes by tight ends the entire game out of like 19 pass plays where they were in. And that's a question mark for me. Why is that happening? You know, throwing to tight ends more. Say, why don't we use the tight ends in the pass game? And that'll fix the pass game. Like, 
Are the tight ends going to magically get open more often than the wide receivers? No. Maybe, but in, and there's some ways that could help, but why not just throw another wide receiver in there? Well, certainly if it's uh, only rush three, drop eight, uh, tight end provides opportunities more in the middle of the field to get away from yeah. a light pass rush. But, uh, Although the you're middle eight, of the field's all clogged up. If there's eight people, he's not going to get open anywhere. Well, that's true. But... But it really comes down to the personnel. Like, can they effectively run the route? Can they effectively catch a ball? Can they effectively handle pressure? Understand where the blocks are coming? So there's a lot that's on their plate. And so sometimes it's not just who they recruit, but how well do they adapt and, and learn to the system? I mean, we've seen we've seen def- converted defensive ends here have some success. DJ T. Oliveira. Caleb Rep, name a few. Uh, so, it's uh, it's it, you have to have the right scheme. You have to have the right kind of coaches who can get the players in the best possible position to to do that. But it could also be that just the, the what, what they're asking of them really isn't to do much of that. Yeah, they need them in other ways. Yeah, and, and I think there's ways they can use the tight ends, and that's why I like what they've you know I've seen Brock Lane out there. They're kind of using him the way the fans have kind of been wanting tight ends to be used in a versatile way. And it, it kind of leads me to think that, you know, Sturzer and Buchanan and, and Ron aren't the guys who can be those versatile guys. And so they've been limited in their personnel and also scheme-wise where there is some truth to Anthony Tucker not using tight ends in a more modern fashion. All right, more on that. Uh, love to continue to get your texts. We've got several that have come through. We'll get to those. Uh, Would You Rather Wednesday, we'll get to some of those. If you want to share a thought that you have on that as well, uh, and opportunity to win some tickets to go see Utah State play on Saturday, it's all coming up on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, in about three and a half minutes from now. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, they're located right across from Angie's. Stop in and get your vehicle serviced by trained professionals there, and really you can do it any day of the week. They're open seven days a week at 695 North Main, quick, clean, easy, just how it should be when it comes to getting your oil change. Ride the bus to the North Logan Pumpkin Walk Thursday through Saturday, October 6th through 8th, and Monday and Tuesday, October 10th and 11th. The Cache Valley Transit District will provide zero fare bus service from Greenville Elementary to the Pumpkin Walk at Elkridge Park. Bus service begins at 6 p.m. and runs till 10, beginning at Greenville Elementary. The CVTD bus is always warm, dry, and clean and gets you closer to the entrance of the Pumpkin Walk. Have fun, be safe, and enjoy this year's North Logan Pumpkin Walk by riding with the Cache Valley Transit District. It's USU Homecoming Week, and you can show your Aggie pride with a stop at the Aggie fans' favorite place to shop, and that's Locker 42. They have a store full of everything Aggie. Aggie logo jackets and hoodies and long and short sleeve t-shirts. Pick out a new Aggie hat from dozens of hat choices as well. Game time temperatures will be cool, but you can stay warm with a plush Aggie blanket. Shop the Locker 42 location that's the most convenient for you. 1430 North Main next to Little Caesars and the flagship store downtown at 30. South this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, 
thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services, here when you need us most. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. It's tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in. Would you rather Wednesday hearing from Coach Calhoun and his players getting ready for the matchup on Saturday night, 5 o'clock kickoff on Merlin Olsen Field, FS1 if you want to, if you can't make it to the game and want to watch it at home. Pre-game coverage for us here on The Fan and on KVNU starting at 3.30 with Al Lewis and Craig Hislop. Uh, 5879 texting in. I've noticed that when they play with pace, but then stop and look at the sidelines, it still has the effect of locking in the D, and they can't sub. True. Yeah, that is that is certainly one of the positives, and that's why you'd go with that instead of a huddle. Um, the defense can still shift, but they yeah. can't substitute. They can't substitute unless the offense substitutes. Yeah. So that's why I'm not as bothered by the rush to the line and look at the sideline as I know you are. <laughs> Maybe you're more of the run plays quickly and make them tired. Right, because it's the the idea is to catch the defense off guard. Yeah. When you run up and then you look at them and then you look to the sidelines, you're giving them an oppor- just as much of an opportunity to set what they want to attack you rather than respond to what you're doing on offense. Yeah. Uh, also, we have to wear the Merlin Olsen unis. Be cool to see those as uh, home uniforms, but they don't have those yet. Road unis look look nice. Yeah, they do look nice. I really like them. Six seven eight nine. Um, explain how Russell Westbrook can't shoot. <laughs> Catching isn't the only skill tight ends need. There are tons of D one schools, and talent is rare. And then there aren't many pass catching tight ends in the NFL. Why would USU get those guys? Yeah, that's, that's kind of some of the things I was saying. It's like. You, you, we have had pass-catching tight ends. Let's say Caleb Rep is one of the best pass-catching tight ends we've had at this university. He was athletic. He's able to catch the ball. Basically just you know, a big, tall, wide receiver. I don't remember him being particularly good at blocking, but I, don't, I didn't pay attention that much, so I don't know how good he was at that. I can't really offer an opinion. I would guess he wasn't as great at blocking, but he was a really good pass-catching tight end. A converted defensive end, so he could be a little nasty on the offensive yeah, front. At least be physical and get in the way, which sometimes that's just what you want out of the tight end. All right, more on that, more of your texts coming through. Coming up next on the Full Court Press.
Cold weather is here. Let the gold medal winner in the Best of Northern Utah's Fireplace category help you update your home with Napoleon's full line of gas or wood-burning products. Building a new home? Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace and Stove design and install your fireplace. From traditional to modern, Napoleon has something for every design and every budget. Install a product that will allow your family to make memories for years to come. Stop by at their showroom or visit them at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Home Nick Darrell has a farm, an appliance farm. With down home country prices and big city selection. E-I-E-I-O. When you're looking for a friendly spot to drive a little and save a lot, hey, Home Nick Darrell has a farm, an appliance farm. Darrell's appliance, low overhead, but lots of country charm. See Darrell's appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. A couple more thoughts here on tight ends. It's a hot topic. 8410. In response to the tight ends question, I came to play Utah State quite a few years ago. It was one of the higher-ranked players in the state where I played high school ball. When I got to Utah State, I realized just how much better the athletes were, how incredible the speed was, and all of a sudden I went from being a pretty respectable player to a humbled soul. If you haven't played high school and then college ball, it's hard to understand just how hard that transition is for the large majority of players. Yeah, like if you took, you know, Tom Brady when he came out of college, you know, him and his 5-2-40, throw him in at some high schools, he might be one of the fastest players out there. Need to be considered an athletic quarterback. You know, obviously, heck, even now, maybe he'd be an athletic quarterback compared to some of these high schools. Because, yeah, the, the, the athletic competition just changes it dramatically. But great point. Thanks for texting in, 8410. Good perspective. Uh, 2305. I appreciate your opinion on recruiting tight ends, but I don't agree. I think there's enough talented football players across the country that if you want a tight end who's big enough and who can catch, you should be able to offer him a scholarship to come play at Utah State. I mean, there are guys who do come here. We've had the Dax Raymonds and the Caleb Reps, and and I think Brock Lane can be that. Um, it's just you're not getting them a ton, and you're not going to have them in spades. I mean, I named three guys that have been here over a span of like eight years. And, you know, if Brock Lane's injured or something's going wrong and Well, I think that's just hard. it. We've, we've seen a lot of good tight ends at this university. So Aggie fans know how that role can be played and be played well. And so the fact that it's not utilized as much this year or not quite as much last year, that's why it has a lot of fans kind of scratching their heads, wanting a little bit more, because we've seen it. We've seen it. Uh, four four seven four. Uh, I've never understood how the defensive players get more tired than the opposing offensive players when they're on the field the exact amount of time. Never got more tired playing defense and playing offense. I feel like defenses use that as an excuse. Also, speaking of tight ends, how insane is it that a former Aggie coach told stud Georgia tight end Brock Bowers that he was too small and slow to play at USU? Have another drink, coach. <laughs> I haven't heard that story. Uh, also, 5879. Uh, Dax Raymond. Shout uh, out for Dax Raymond is perhaps one of the better. Yeah, I think he was. Pass catching tight I think he was disagreeing with my thing about Caleb Rep being the better one, and 
we can agree to disagree. I thought Caleb Rep was a better pass catcher. Uh, we can talk about whether Dax Raymond was a better overall tight end. That's a conversation you could have. Uh, Raymond was definitely a dynamic piece of the offense for Utah State. More on that and more from uh, Would there. You Rather Wednesday next I'm hour. I'm Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Last night, Yankee outfielder Aaron Judge officially surpassed Roger Maris for the American League single-season home run record. What Judge has done this season is one of the more impressive hitting performances we've seen in a long time. But even with the remarkable season, there's still plenty of controversy surrounding Judge and the single-season record. With a complex history, Major League Baseball's multiple athletes who have had a reasonable argument to be the single-season home run king. Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Roger Maris, Babe Ruth. And I understand that in the world of sports, we love to compare all-time greats. That conversation can get tiresome. And at the end of the day, it comes down to every individual's personal opinion. There are arguments to be made for all sides of the single-season home run record, but what Judge has done this season is unprecedented. So instead of arguing over stats and comparing players in different generations, how about we enjoy it? It was historical, and it doesn't come around very often. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.